Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome to the Feathered Desert. This morning, Kirsten and I are going to talk about uh, advert avoiders, adapters, and exploiters, and how birds um, get along in our neighborhoods. Ever wonder who moves into the neighborhood? Birds, as adaptable as they are, do not always want to live with humans, nor do they always benefit by sharing space with humans. In the book, Welcome to Suburbia, The author, John Marsloff, a professor of wildlife science, writes about this. His team of graduate students studied urban, suburban, and forested areas to identify and count the bird species in areas around Seattle, Washington. So let's take a little bit of his information and put it into our region of the Southwest. Which birds thrive in our presence, which birds adapt to living with us, and which birds choose to stay clear of human activity? Kirsten? All right. I'll start us off. And first of all, I have to say I love this book, Welcome to Suburbia. If those of you listening have not read it, it's a great book, easy to read. It's not scientific at all. It's very fun. So let's work, start off with avoiders. Avoiders are those native bird species that are extinguished or decline over time as urbanization intensifies. So in our southwest area, birds like the burrowing owl, the green heron, the orange crowned warbler, scarlet tanager, the Scots oriole, and the hairy woodpecker. These birds all have varying... I'm sorry... My brain stopped a minute there. (laughs) These birds all have a varying degree of sensitivity to human development. So they move farther and farther away from it when we are making more developments. And this is especially true of the hairy woodpecker because it builds its nest in dead trees. And those of you out there that have HOAs, they don't really allow you to keep dead trees, do they? Burrowing owls are susceptible to predation by people's pets and feral cats. So these ground-dwelling owls of our local desert are pushed farther and farther out into areas where it becomes a smaller and smaller territory for them. Some birds, like the green heron, just like its privacy. I have no problems with that. I like my privacy, too. Probably relate to the green heron. (laughs) Yes, So the green heron does have a very low tolerance for our activities. The Scots oriole and the scarlet tanager enjoy forested areas, and they hunt insects, which we do know are on the decline, and our forested areas are disappearing. The orange-crowned warbler enjoys riparian areas, which are also in danger. So we can kind of appreciate why these birds find their choice habitats not necessarily in our own backyards. All right, and I am going to uh, briefly go over exploiters. So exploiters are species that thrive in our presence, often co-evolving with humans and rarely occurring where people do not exist. Birds such as the American crow, 
northern mockingbird, barn swallows, barn owls, mallards, Canada geese, house finches and house wrens and house sparrows, European starlings, our beloved lovebirds of the Phoenix Valley, and rock doves, a.k.a. pigeons. I was surprised by some of the birds on the list. These birds move into the niches vacated by those birds who find themselves more of an avoider. A few of these birds, humans, are responsible for introducing into the urban areas, and they are thriving in it. Each species soars in abundance as soon as clearing begins and increases over time. Most of these species are not present in forested areas in large numbers. The ability of these species to capitalize on the lawns, lakes, and nesting niches uh, created in, in built environments uh, likely explains their success. Yes, especially with the rock pigeon or the rock dove. They have adapted very well, or um, sorry, they have not, well, they've adapted and they have exploited very well what uh, the urban areas we have set mm -hmm. up. And some of these birds we've gone over in previous podcasts about how they've um, adapted or to what humans create. Yes. And that leads us into adapters, our third term. And quoting from Welcome to Suburbia, adapters are mostly native species that thrive on natural, young, open shrubbery and dissected habitats. So an interesting description of our neighborhood, I have to say, that sounds an awful lot like what we've got in our own mm -hmm. backyard. So what adapters find and adjust to our situations in our cities, our urban areas, or our suburban areas, even if the natural habitat is man-made, they're adjusting to that, which I think is great. This is the largest group of the birds, which is encouraging, but these birds decline when the areas grow too close to forested habitats or yards become overgrown or trees too mature. So birds like the Anna's hummingbird, white-crowned sparrow, American goldfinches, lesser goldfinch, the song sparrow, rock wrens, curved-billed thrashers, killdeer, and the yellow-rumped warbler are all birds that adapt to human changes in their habitat as long as the changes are within reason. And adapters are great. They're definitely one of my favorites. So those of you who are listening may be like, well, why is this information important? Why do we even need to know these things? It's important to know how birds are adapting or not adapting to human activity so that we may better understand how we may improve our living spaces so that we can make room for birds to live too. And birds can move from one category to another. For example, a, a bird could be an adapter until the stresses of human activity pushes it to be an avoider, or it could move from adapter to being an exploiter, like the northern mockingbird, they're definitely exploiting all the things we offer in our backyard yeah, now. I was actually surprised that they were in that category. Yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily super surprised. They're a very problem-solving bird, and it could just be have to do with the fact that they're mimickers as well. They have to learn from their environment, so that might make them a great adapter to exploiter. Yeah. 
but it all depends on how a particular species handles what humans do to their habitats. So it's not surprising that birds can handle many of the challenges of living, of living with people, given that they have wings to propel them away from humans if need be, and they are linked to dinosaurs. Adding their engaging personalities, flexible behaviors, and short generation times, all of these things help birds to, to succeed in even the toughest parts of our human-dominated world. We are capable of applying this knowledge that Kirsten and I shared through the book, Welcome to Suburbia, to our backyard living spaces, parks, recreation areas, and make the adjustments necessary to support the bird life that is present now and to build toward a greater diversity in the future. 